Welcome back to Made in the 80s, a podcast about the 80s by people who were made in the 80s. I'm Shalia, and we have... Tim. Kendon. We are now in March when this is being released. Can you believe Madness. That? It is madness. It's also Mardi Gras, which is perfect because this week's episode is takes place in New Orleans at Mardi Gras. It's all dogs go to heaven, which... We will talk about later, and I will put the timestamp in the show notes. Mm-hmm. This is an 80s podcast. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the 80s. Okay. Whose turn is it? For our trivia. Kendon, roll your dice. How do I end up in the middle? Uh, You just haven't had a turn since we went to the other oh, side, no. and now we all go back to the middle. We're, We're going, going to the upside to the down. upside down. So while Kendon is adjusting the board, Tim, can you tell us a little bit about Stranger Things 4? Because I know that they've started talking about it's coming out. You're I don't know need to move the dice. Kevin. I don't know nothing about it. You don't know anything about it? They've nope. been talking about it lately. It, there's news about it. I don't know what it is, though. So we'll find out. So All right. Now Kevin. I roll again, mm-hmm. right? Come back to the right side up. All right. We're back to the other side. All right. Let's see if you can do it. Two. I want to go to a purple. All right. Purple. You ready? Maybe. What drink packaged in this slim blue and silver can kicked off the idea of energy drinks when it was released in 1987? Wait. Red is is Red Bull that wings. old? Yeah. Red Bull is from 1987. Wow, crazy! I did not know that. Were people mixing it with vodka that early? At the origin of anything, someone's mixed it with vodka. My guess is yes. Two tastes you hate. Here's some pie. Ooh, I'm um, winning. Vodka and probably some blow since it came out in the 80s. It makes sense, right? Like people loved cocaine back then. It makes sense that they would also be interested in energy drinks. Although the original energy drinks. Coca-Cola literally had cocaine. Had cocaine. Pepsi-Cola, did that have cocaine or something else? Because it was supposed to pep you up? (laughs) Okay. That is the 80s trivia. What about the 20s? What's going on now? What's Uh, the news? No news for me. No news? Nope. What? Kendon, do you have news? I do. What's the news? Mine's a long conversation. Uh Uh-oh. What is you? (laughs) Oh, you. (laughs) Go for it. What's your news? Um, so... Disney is doubling down on perhaps one of the more controversial parts of the latest Star Wars movie, um, but I'm here for this. Um, they they rumor I don't know if this has been confirmed, but they might be making a movie all about the planet, the Sith planet that the Emperor is spending all of his time on. Oh, Exegol. Okay. I, Tim, do you know if this is uh, real? Probably not. But continue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> how do you feel about it <laughs> i think it's great that was one of my favorite parts about the movie although somebody was kind of snarkily in one of these articles talking about how the movie was still really like releasing actual plot points by twitter and one of them was like did you know um did you know the fleet on exegol or exegol was uh the whole population was enslaved by the sith and brainwashed to create the fleet and run the fleet and then i don't know if it was um who tweeted back at them it may have been elijah wood and they're like no how would we know (laughs) 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 like you didn't tell us in the movie no i didn't know thanks (laughs) thanks for that but there's a really like i mentioned probably earlier but there's a really cool video game series star wars one called knights of the old republic um, and in that they had, you know, a Sith planet cause the Sith used to be, I guess, a species that then merged slash were taken over by evil Jedi. So that's how you end up with evil Jedi being called the Sith. Mm-hmm. And it, and since these games take place thousands of years before, like the, the current Star Wars movies, 
you just go to their planet. Mm-hmm. And the planet's got st- all of these statues of evil Jedi, a lot of which I read about in books when I was in, like, middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. So um, it's not new. No, which is why I was I was not bothered. Um, I, I kind of, you know, cocked my head a little bit when I when a lot of the, um, what do you call them, complaints about the idea that, that where did this planet come from? Who are all these people in the stands? And I'm like, they're just cultists. People have cultists all the time. Although it it is a little bit contradicted by that that <laughs> that tweet It's like yeah you didn't really explain that but I came with the outside knowledge of there's people who worship these people there's a supporting there's always like a supporting bunch of what I call mooks right but they're basically henchmen's not quite the right word for it but it's just like oh you know the people who do the bidding of the bad guys there's always a bunch of those guys because hen- the henchmen are like the upper level of the uh, mooks okay yeah yeah, yeah. you I know got you. I got you okay I'm following you now yeah okay okay. So yeah, um, I I don't know. That sounds like I, I would I would probably prefer that to the movies that we got. How do you feel? I like the movies that we got. I do too. I don't agree. I didn't say I didn't like them. I'm you saying I would prefer, prefer this. this. Like yeah, I, no. like this would be even more interesting to me. Nah. No. Okay. We talked about Escape from New York last week. That feels like I'd be wanting to escape from that. Yeah, you could make like an interesting <laughs> like. Me horror movie kind of like they're talking about doing with or not even talking about th- that's happening with new mutants like you could go with a whole different uh tone basically mm-hmm. one jedi must escape an evil planet all right so uh, news about stranger four things no stranger things four <laughs> was that hopper is alive which was a spoiler for Stranger Things oh, 3. Oh, it's in the trailer at the yeah. end. No, at the end, he's in there live in the trailer. Okay. Well, so, like, we didn't watch the whole season three yet. Oh, the so post-credit. Like, oh, well. he's, still, he's still alive. Okay. So that's that's why I had heard about Stranger Things 4 recently. All right. Here's some other news that I've been meaning to mention. Um, a lot of it is, like, our past coming back maybe to haunt us, but we don't, we'll find out. So Aladdin 2 is, like, been a, a greenlit. What, what? Aladdin 2. Um, and Guy Ritchie is going to re- Yeah, he's direct coming it. back to direct it. Is this a sequel based off of the live-action Aladdin? Yes. Or a straight-to-video Aladdin 2? Because they've been I don't doing know. that. I know. Like, well, that's the thing, right? Because we did Lime Before Time not long ago where they had like 14 sequels. I have no idea if they have sequels to Aladdin. Well, yesterday with at your sister's place, you casually re- uh, referenced uh, Cinderella. Cinderella 2 and yeah, 3. Yeah, that's right. They were talking about that. <laughs> and there's been several Little Mermaids. Yes. So, which is very topical for today, considering. Yeah. Um. So that's one thing. All mermaids go to heaven. No, no, I don't think so. So that's one thing. Um. And then the other thing, I the it's like I don't know that it's news, but it's something that I wanted to mention that I know that Kendon's gonna have something to say about. So I'm gonna mention it. Me. And you've said something about this already, but that um, what's the name of it? Hold on, let me pull the name of it up. Uh, where's the name of it? Hold on. V2 Escape from Hell. It's a vertical movie. Completely vertical movie. Are you aware of this? No. Yeah. Movies, movie theaters aren't really set up for well, this. Well, so then that's going to be my question is how do you watch it? Yeah. So this is the world's first vertical format blockbuster. And it's I'm based a- on, it's a World War II movie. Uh, it's being made by Timur Bekmambetov. Betov? Yeah, no, this is a thing. It's coming. It's, um, a drama shot with vertical framing and smartphone audience in mind. Oh, smartphone. 
okay. Because I say theatrically, I feel like a true IMAX screen is closer to a square, right? Yes. And since already, if you put a, a typical cinema movie on, you're going to be having blank space above and below on the IMAX screen. Having it to the sides instead of above and below is not yeah, a huge stretch. Yeah, this confuses me. So, like, it's a, it's absolutely, it's four phones, phones and tablets. So that's not blockbuster. Like, the definition of blockbuster has to do with, like, physically going to a theater, right? Right. So this, so, this, is, this can't be a blockbuster. Well, they can call it whatever they want anymore, I guess. But the... So it's a four by three aspect ratio for the Boeing IMAX theater, which is the real IMAX theater, and that's the same as the old uh, square looking TVs. So to do a vertical, you would not, it wouldn't be too awkward. Yeah, if you're watching on your phone or tablet. So I just think it's funny though, because Kenan, you have felt a way about people learning to record only in what format? I prefer <laughs> widescreen. <laughs> Because that's what uh, the majority of our more expensive screens are set up. But this kind of ties into, remember at at brunch yesterday, I brought up um, the one-handed mode on my Mm -hmm. phone. Because my phone has gotten really, I have big hands. Mm -hmm. And it's so uncomfortable to try to reach a lot of my phone. So now, like, I have a Samsung Galaxy 11. um, And you can just double... Is it a 10 or 11? What's the most com- current one? What? Samsung Galaxy. I don't know. 10. So it's a 10 that I have. And I just, I've set it up to double tap my home screen or my the home The fact button. though is that if you need to do it, then that means that someone with smaller hands that aren't as big as your paws is going to have to do it. It doesn't make sense. And these big old phones but are so heavy and I don't like it. Tiala returned my old phone yesterday and I'm going back to it. I love the fact that my phone is Friends, orange. You should see the but very disturbed look on Shalia's fra- face right now. a phone that I can't use with one hand. But hold on. Here's a problem. There's no long, they're no longer phones. They should not be called phones. Yeah. They are personal computers. They're actually personal, personal computers. computers now. But I, but I have a personal computer and I can carry it around. This thing is no. a brick. No. I don't. I don't. You can't know. even so fit a tablet back to in your what phone. My six S. Yeah. Or no, my S E. She was very happy with her four. You can't do that. It's wonderful. I know. It's like, I know you like my your phone, hand. It but fits the more they update your phone, it's going to be I obsolete. I kind of appreciate the one-handed mode though, because it's just they're getting the screen, they're too big. This huge screen is great for watching content. You get a smaller phone. The 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 eleven. It's smaller. Is it smaller than my ten? It's probably still fifty percent larger than the four, yeah. which is the the glory days. Celia keeps yes <laughs> longing for. Yeah, are you really going back to your old phone? I am. I Tiala reach. Oh, I let her borrow it. I, it's probably. I I don't know. I don't know. What's this a good idea? You have any space on your phone? Oh yeah, that did suck. I hated living life with no storage. Yeah, that was terrible. I can take picture whenever I want. Except for my phone randomly shut off on me the other day. And it started doing this like weird shaking thing when you turn on the camera and it's like shaking. So you like people, I'm like, can you take a picture for, for me, please? And then they're like, because uh, the image is just shaking and they can't. The only problem is they're not making that phone anymore. They're not making anything that's going to fix it. They're not going to fix it. Something happens. When it dies, it dies. You You're talking about everything. the 10 or the Your old phone. Yeah, I know. But I just wish that they would give me a smaller option. Sorry. I just, I bring it up because Kendon has big freaking hands and he's talking about he uses the small mode, which means they are really not making it for people 
to be able to use one hand. But the thing is, is like mine isn't. It's it's a this is really interesting situation, not a complaint, right? Because the one handed mo is like, yeah, okay, I need to to make a call or check Twitter or whatever, but I want all this screen when I start playing a game or watching Netflix mm-hmm. or something like that. I, I think it's it's both kind of a kind of ridiculous and also makes a lot of sense considering the world we're going into. Why don't you see there's something you can do to your phone that helps you if you have small hands? I have, but so far the only thing I found is like it will like bring the screen down it's like the reachability mode and it brings the screen like halfway Mm -hmm. but it only works in certain modes like this is how you do it but this is also how you do other things and so i can't actually get it (sighs) there might be another way i would there's other people who probably have the same concerns i would look at look look into it i have a strap right now is what i mean have you ever just smallest iphone (laughs) this strap is vital but i don't really like having it anyway um okay well that's me talking about vertical movies which is fine if it's for a yeah it's not just for the phone oh, yeah the that, 11 that pro sense. says it has the smallest screen okay so maybe i'll go to the 11 they don't have an orange phone but i can live with it you can get an orange case yeah get an orange exactly. case exactly um okay other news from you kendon oh no that was my news did i already do my news right yeah and tim you didn't have any none news. for me okay you guys ready to talk about what you're doing what are you up to? I recently listened to a podcast with Kevin Garnett uh, called All the Smoke. All the Smoke. We want all the smoke. It is <laughs> Matt Barnes, former NBA player, and former, former NBA player Stephen Jackson, and interviewed a bunch of athletes, and Garnett came on there in it and gave a really nice discussion about sort of coming from high school, going to the NBA. Oh, okay. But he told, he talked about Gary Payton and Gary Payton, Gary Payton's ability to control the entire floor during a basketball game. And how masterful it was, and I had never heard anyone talk about Peyton in that way. He was my favorite for like a while. He time. said he was such a trash talker, but he, you know, would control the ref and control the coach, and like, and he was effortless at it. But he tells a really funny. Wait, hold on. How does that segue into, or how does that connect with the idea of call, going straight out? Did, he was just talking about his life as okay. a player. But the funny story, and the story people have been sharing, is a story he tells about Michael Jordan. He's talking about trash talking. And he was like, <clears throat> I tried to talk Mike one time, and it was I was a rookie, and I was That's in. He awesome. said I was in Chicago, and Gr Ryder was playing for our team, and he's got like eighteen. So I look at him. We're going to a timeout, and and Mike is right there, and I'm talking to Jr. I'm like, yeah, 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 keep busting his ass, yo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep giving it to him. That's funny. So and, he's and shit talking with somebody else. He's talking to Jr. <laughs> about yeah, keep busting Michael Michael Jordan, right? This I love is it. Peak Mike, right? Yeah, keep busting him. And Mike was just standing there. And JR was like, yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. So, so I keep, so I'm feeling it right. So I keep going. Yeah, that's right, man. You giving it to him. Yeah, keep keep giving it to him. And JR then turns to Mike and says, hey, man, he's young. He don't really know, like, how we do things. Um, he says, then I double down on that. I'm like, yeah, keep busting to him. And Mike's like, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? He says, yeah, he's leaning back with his hand on his hip. Like, oh, yeah? Oh, okay, okay. He said, man, the next six to eight minutes... All of a sudden, now we're down 25 points. Mike's got like 18. We haven't scored in like three or four minutes. He was like, he just turned it on. And he says, I never trash talked him again. Never in my life. That was the last time I did it. So all of a sudden, he turned to Michael Jordan and destroyed us for like six straight minutes. JR was like, you couldn't play a yeah. cool kid. He says, we go to the bench and I'm, I'm all winded. I'm like, my bad. I didn't know. He was like, it's cool, man. You young. It's cool. You learned. <laughs> we said... Nothing you can do about it. Why wasn't 
Michael doing that the whole time. It's, it's it's eighty two game season, middle of the season. You're playing you're playing Minnesota at home. You're probably gonna win, but he someone started talking trash about this guy is better than you, which has always been Mike's thing. Don't uh, back in ninety two, the 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 Blazers played. This is Mike after his first championship, his second championship. They're playing Chicago, and going into it. The conversation was, who's better, Michael Jordan or Clyde Drexler? That was an actual conversation people were having. And Jordan took offense to this. Fair. And if you watch that first game, he tortures Clyde Drexler. It's nasty. And that was him sending a message like, no, I'm better than anyone in the planet. planet." (laughs) The funny story is during the Dream Team, Chicago had an issue. They didn't want to pay Scottie Pippen his money, and they were going to bring in this this guy from Croatia named Tony Kukoc. He's going to be the guy they paid. But before the Bulls could sign him, the Dream Team had a chance to play Croatia in the World Games, in the Olympics. And there's a great Dream Team document documentary that talk about it. But Jordan and Ooh. Pippen were arguing about who was going to guard Kukoc, and they locked him up. That he could barely touch the he touched the ball twice, and he was like their star. Couldn't even get the ball in his hands. And Kukoc was like, I just thought that's how they played in the NBA. I didn't know that it was like a thing. They just <laughs> but then, yeah, he ends up coming over and playing for the Bulls, and he ends up being a teammate. But they were so pissed at the way the Bulls management handled Pippen's contract and tried to sort of like sidestep him for Kukoc uh, that they destroyed Kukoc in that game. Wow. Yeah. Jordan had that in him. You talk trash to him like that, he's going to try to – Get a bunch of points on you, or or embarrass you, or dunk on you. Yeah, it's great. So anyway, it. so if you if you if you're into basketball, all the smoke is a really really good podcast. These guys, I mean, I like that it's like players talking to players because yeah. there's a lot of like real secondhand sort of like conversation. It's real easy for them to talk about like what it's like in the league. And I'll end on this note: they had Al Harrington on a podcast. I don't know if it was all the smoke or something else, but he was talking about. And this is in the new CBA for the NFL, which is marijuana use. And if it's, is it something they're still going to test? So the new CBA and Are NFL they still testing it. for marijuana? Yeah, but it's only like M- N- NFL and NBA only test for it. Oh, man, I have multiple tie-ins to your what have you been doing. So <laughs> what ended up happening is, so the late David Stern, because he just passed a couple months ago, mm-hmm. he met with Al Harrington. And he said, Al Harrington was like, yo, I was trying to get Stern to understand. So I just told him straight up, all right. So when they started testing for this, guys still needed something to help them relax and like mellow out, right? You're playing back to back. You got LeBron mm-hmm. one night, you got Giannis the next night, right? So you, it's high competition. You're mentally engaged, you're physically engaged, and you got to hop on a flight, get somewhere and get up two days later and do it again. Mm-hmm. And he was like, so guys needed to unwind. So what they were doing because they couldn't smoke anymore was drink. But here's the problem with drinking. You either A, you're drinking too much. Yeah, it's not good for you. It's not good for you. Or you're you're going out to a club, you're going out somewhere to drink, which you're is expending energy. Which is, you're expending energy, not in your hotel room. You're out and about, and it also it amplifies issues that you're going to get into because you're a six five basketball player out in public at night drinking. Or a dude who can smoke weed and go to his hotel room. He's going to take a couple hits off his vape pen and he's going to go to sleep. And he's going to get up the next day, or he's going to smoke with his homies in his room. They're going to order some food. No hangover. Yeah, yeah. no hangover. They're going to order some food. They're going to eat. They're going to sleep. They're going to get up. And they'll be refreshed and ready the next day. And Stern was like, I had not considered that that was like a thing. And so it was It was interesting to hear Al Harrington talk about like, 
the reasons why these guys and you know pain relief all that other stuff but like even if, even if you're not in pain and you're not battling an injury like these are the things that happen to NBA players and they need something to help them sort of something because they're not going to get the time they live a high stress life it's high stress I think people don't understand that it yeah, is well, high stress the game stress. is supposed to be stress like that but whole, people look all, at it as yeah. a game right. but it is high stress yeah, so, yeah, you're being yelled at it's by great. everybody. <laughs> it's a great podcast. These guys have some really fun episodes, so I would check that out. Also, sticking with the marijuana piece, I was I was in a training last week, and one of the points that they made was that peanuts are more dangerous than marijuana. I love in peanuts. terms of like annual deaths. Peanuts kill people. Pe- peanuts yeah, but, kill like, more like, people. Like, than like, than no, but that's based off of allergies. Like, 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 I don't know. It's based off. I just like know that peanut, hundred people the comic strip died. Just murdering people. That's hundred people died from peanuts. <laughs> Wait, did you see the peanuts? I'm thinking tweet? of a Tony Montana like Snoopy right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you see the peanuts tweet where it was like <laughs> Charlie telling Franklin you're one of the good ones? Oh shit. <laughs> they deleted it, but man, this is a rough Black History Month. Oh. It's like no one thought this through. You're one of the good ones. I think it's good. That's terrible. Wait, that's, that I really think it's happened? Funny. That really happened. Oh, my You're God. You're one of the good ones, Franklin. Happy Black History Month. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what? Wow. Uh, it's like that wow. teacher giving t- giving students lap dances. That was a crazy story. Like, what's... Hmm. There's so much layers to, like, how did this go so wrong? I'm shaking my head. Giving lap... Um, to, like, kids. Not even, like, high school kids. Like, kids. Oof. Teaching them how to do lap dances in class. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wasn't there a twerking llama at the uh, Toy Story we went to? Yes. That's different than like, I'm an adult. And I'm no, no, you're right. Do. I'm just saying things escalate. Yeah, that's what they start. If you if you make it like, this is this acceptable. Is acceptable. A twerking yeah. Santa Claus? Um, Jeez. Okay. So what else mine, are you guys doing? So mine ties in multiple ways. You guys might start hearing more sports talk from Kevin. Oh, what? Look at, look at here. Sports I know. ball? Well, no. there's no ball involved. Nope, nope, not. So, I was a high school wrestler for four years. Not great. Loved it, though. One of my favorite things I ever did. I've thought about it pretty much every day since I graduated from high school. Time out. I thought you only went to high school for three years. So, for e- for ease of the storytelling, I'll say four years, because I wrestled for four years. And when I was in school here, um, junior high was seventh to ninth and high school was 10th to 12th. So backwards. Whatever the case is. Now things have moved over to middle school. So <laughs> high school is traditionally for a lot of people 9th through 12th. And so it's just easy to say I wrestled for four years in high school. So I wrestled for four years in high school. Um, Title IX is the the equal, um, meant, what is it, the equal rules by NCAA, right? <laughs> yeah. Title IX is about... Equal opportunity in like in general in education, so it's not right. just NCAA; it's high school. Well, as I understand well. that, but yeah. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, the result here being that um, by the time I got to University of Washington, wrestling was essentially considered a boys' sport, um, and so it was it was cut. There was no more wrestling as uh, intercollegiate or even as a club. Nor and so there was no wrestling, so I didn't have an option to continue to wrestle. Um, I came back for my master's in 2018, and there was still there's no wrestling. Um, but apparently, there uh, they started a club in 2013, which was the year that I graduated with my master's. Do you mean 2008? You came back because I think you said 2018. Yes, I came back in 2008. You're correct. Okay. But now I'm I'm back for my doctorate, and I was at a happy hour with my dad. 
talking to some other guys about sports, uh, you know, the sports we did when we were younger. And I was just, I guess, really glowingly, positively talking about my experience wrestling. My dad just Googled it and found out there's been a wrestling club at UW for the last, uh, like, five years, five, six years now. Yep. So if you want to know where to find Kendon on a couple nights a week. Nice. It's on a mat. Back out there on the mat. With some 20-year-olds. Learning from 20-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty great. Sounds like they're very friendly. <laughs> I was like, they found out I was uh, their mom's age or close to their mother's age. So anyways, that's what I was doing, right? So I've been doing that for the last couple of weeks. And you love it. It feels into- good. You're, you're Oh, it feels amazing. Um, so yeah, and I come out like jazzed and all of that. And so this, uh, past weekend, the weekend of what, the 22nd, mm-hmm. 21st, 22nd was the state championship also called Matt classic, I believe. Um, in Washington, in Washington at the Tacoma dome. And I went over on, I went over on Saturday and caught nice. the, the finals. So the, the last period or whatever you would call it the last segment on saturday saw the winner um how yes. long do the matches usually last <laughs> wrestling uh at least in high school is three two minute um set uh periods oh three two minute periods yeah it's quick yeah it doesn't is feel the most, that way does it yeah it feels like for, for, you're <laughs> out there forever and it's the most tiring thing i've ever like literally ever done in my life you would not be able to do, I mean, maybe the top, top would not be able to do three, five minute sessions. Like you would just be worn out and beat. So unless um, you're on an eighties movie, then you could do it. Maybe. <laughs> and you know, this is called folk style wrestling. This is nothing like WWE. And I have no, uh, I love WrestleMania is coming up. As I say, I have no problems with WWE. I actually really, really enjoyed it in high school. Um, but it is a very, very different thing. UFC, there was, so Tacoma Dome was the high school championships and during the day, and then that night they had UFC. <laughs> so the interesting <laughs> thing like, about oh, that's UFC a good segue for fans. is last time I was in graduate school, um, before the wrestling team was, or the wrestling club was created, I had constantly been trying to get into, there's a jujitsu club. Brazilian jujitsu was very similar to wrestling. It's grappling and holds and submissions. I'd say jujitsu is probably more popular than wrestling at this point. Putting that nah. out there. Okay. Midwest is hardcore into wrestling. Like, it's a wrestling's a big deal in some states. So, anyways, I went. I walked around. I tried to, first of all, Toppenish. And there's two students in my lab who are from Toppenish. Um, Who's Toppenish? Eastern Toppenish is in eastern Washington in the Valley area. Mm-hmm. And apparently, they're like the, like the powerhouse team uh, in 2A. They had, tw- I think, 12 students go to states this year and seven and uh, made it into the finals um and then i managed to find my team my school kentwood high school and i've like i've been searching all around and i find the 4a section i i, I finally see the right colors the silver the silver and green and i walk up to the kid and i'm like hey where's your coach and he points over and the guy who was actually pointing over is now the head coach but he was like when I was a senior, it was his first year as like a volunteer assistant coach. But I immediately saw my head coach and I was like, Oh coach. Like I was super excited. And then, um, later on the other like, uh, main assistant coach came by and it was like really awesome to like, to see them all and to get back and watch wrestling for the last few weeks. I've been watching, um, different, um, how to wrestle, um, videos by like Jordan Burroughs, Burrow, who was like an Olympic, you know, champion, wrestler for the u.s 
Um, and then I think I had another time. So first of all, I'm sitting and getting into sports. And for anybody who knows me, as far as watching sports, that's not really my thing. But I love to watch wrestling. And there was a couple of things I was thinking about. First of all, when I asked you why wasn't Jordan doing that whole thing mm-hmm. and, or uh, doing that, that whole game, and you're like, well, th- there's this consider, this consider. Like in wrestling, for instance, when you're on bottom, you can make uh, points by doing an escape, mm-hmm. which is to get out, um, or by reversal, which is to turn your opponent while you're in the down position. Um, and there was one kid who – the like. The, the guy on top was in control, but wasn't able to turn. And one of the coaches was like, watch <laughs> when there's 30 seconds left, he's going to pop out and escape, right? Cause it's zero, zero and you get one point for escape and almost on the dot, the kid all of a sudden just popped up and, and went for an escape. Now he ended up, they ended up going out of bounds. So they had to, the, um, they, they have to reset at referee's position. One's down, the other one's above. But then he did it again. He got out. So he wins just based off of that. And that's like a strategy. It's not, I mean, uh, technically you can get called for stalling if you're doing that's it exactly a certain way. exactly what I was thinking. I was like, it sounds like he's stalling. But you have to be fighting the whole time. There, anyways, there's all of these strategies to it, right? So that you're technically doing the right thing. But coach called it. He was just like, watch. 30 seconds left in the match. He's just going to, he's just going to stand up and get right out of this. So that was, that was really fun. And then the, uh, the other thing was you were talking about drug testing. And there is there was a like an, a really good wrestler at Arizona State named uh, Zahid Valencia, mm-hmm. who just uh, failed his drug test, so he got disqualified. That's too bad. What was he taking? Um, Students against destructive decisions should have uh, talking to him. That's funny. Shalia's been looking at my old um, high school yearbooks. That was a club in his school. <laughs> destructive? Is it sad? Sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, it's on God. the same page as Shades, which is students something about diversity in their high school. Which it's called Shades? As Shades, and it kind of was in that one, and it looked much more fun. <laughs> There's pictures of them. So Dancing. I don't have, I don't know what the the drug is. I didn't really follow up on that, but I did see a meme passed around, which was basically, I was gonna go to, um, I was gonna be a champion, and then oh. I got high. I get what you're saying. Yeah. So So was it marijuana? That was the the guess. Um So pot is is uh, yeah. So not just NFL and NBA, but also college athletics some of them at least. Yeah. Just says Valencia tested positive for a recreational drug, not a performance enhancing drug. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. That's the interesting thing about athletes is like your body is really not your body. Yeah, they like partially like, own you in terms of what you put into it. Except for when, um, and I don't agree with with necessarily our drug laws, but he committed a crime, and given what colleges are like, what athletes are like, or and coaches and like that whole environment, if you're committing a crime. I see how that as an organization is not going to allow you to. I'm 100% with you. So marijuana is not legal in Arizona. No, I don't think so. So if it was a a student. But it's it's legal federally. So it wouldn't matter where you are. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But like, yeah. So if it was a kid in Washington, they would still be not able to play, even though it's okay. It's not a crime. here. Is it 21 for marijuana? It's 21 here. Yes, it is. Okay. So 21 year old. 
wouldn't be able to. Okay, so that that's most because then they're cases. under yeah. NCAA. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, so that's not surprising. You yeah, you really shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> Except for uh, what I hadn't thought of Bad decision. was everything that he just talked about. Mm-hmm. Because even on the wrestling club, there's kids who have torn like this, or they need a knee brace, or like. Th- so when you say when you're here talking about like these basketball players who have gone through like really rough. Like they they put a lot of particularly is in the knees and the knees and ACLs are like what you typically are hurting in basketball, right? right? Yeah. And knee pain, like chronic knee pain, painful. Yeah, like mm-hmm. suffering through that. So, anywho, that's what I've been I've been up to. I'm going to be watching quite a lot more wrestling matches. And what's interesting is now you get to see a lot more. You have the opportunity to see a lot more wide. Um, like, how do I say, options because of YouTube, right? There's only one college up in the Northwest that has a wrestling, and that's, like, Oregon State. Mm-hmm. There's no other wrestling teams um, collegiately. Who do they compete against? Probably California. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. But an interesting thing now is that there's women's wrestling or girls' wrestling um, at the high school level. We had one girl in high school who was on the team for a bit, but the one Kentwood wrestler who won um, state who placed first this year was from uh, uh, was a Kentwood girl, and I think weight class of like one forty six, mm-hmm. and it was the only pin that I saw the entire pin time jack. I was there. Pin jack, yeah. And it was first quarter is really or not, uh, first period because there's only three. Um, it was really exciting. It was really fun to be there. Anyways, one of my one of the best days I've had in a long time. Cool. I'm glad for you, Kendid. That sounds really fun. Uh, Tim, have you told us what you're up to? Uh, yeah. Yeah, basketball. Okay, so what I'm up to, semi-related-ish. I watched What Men Want, which is the like opposite movie. That? I did watch it. It's the opposite which movie of what women want. And all this hot. Yeah, I liked it way better than Little. Okay. Like, way better. Um, and it's basketball. Um, is she's a sports agent. And one like the big like get she wants is a star High basketball player. Yeah, yeah, he's about to be a number one draft. Not a star wrestler. Nope, not a wrestler, but a basketball, bas- high school basketball player. Um, so that was fun, and I actually liked it more than I expected to like it. It was absolutely ridiculous, and um, yeah, just it it was yeah yeah, mm-hmm. but I did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then so other thing i did i watched two movies in the theaters recently one made me like girl power i can do anything i can be any occupation i want i can be smart and great and then the other one was little women <laughs> first one was first of prey and i loved it and i also saw little woman finally and i did you like little women he did. You it. hated Little Women. I wanted to leave the new one. Yes, oh, I enjoyed it, and I was really was surprised awful. that she because I, I was, I was, it was, I was it like was torture. I support. I'll, let's go and see this movie. Yes, because I drag her to a lot of things that she might be is not that's as right. interested that's, in. That's true too, and yet this one, I, I, oh man, it was not good. Tim, did you watch the '90s movie much? I yes, I no much. No, I've seen. I don't remember much okay. about it. So here's the thing: the only good parts of this new movie. Are the ones where they're literally mimicking that other movie <laughs> when they're doing the exact same thing as the other movie did, and even then they didn't necessarily do it better. I kind of have to disagree with her on this. First of all, this is a story that's not made for me clearly because nothing happens 
per se. It just follows a couple of lives or a few lives for a while. Um, this one's told out of order, yeah. which is like ironic that I was totally with it for um, Birds of Prey. But in this movie, it just muddles it. It and, muddles it. Yeah, um, that's a good word for it. Most of the of uh, the women playing the little women are in their early to mid twenties, but the storyline takes place in two different times when they're basically early to mid teenagers. Amy is supposed to be like fucking ten when she's taking the limes to school. Like right. this is ridiculous. And, and then when they're a little older, probably in their twenties, mm-hmm. which is more they're more it's acceptable. It's like okay, you guys, but like a very big situation is um because i've watched now the first half of the 90s one that shalia grew up on and there's a part where one of the the kids gets mad at the older kids who get to go to a to the theater Mm -hmm. and she's like i want to go to the theater and she's being kind of a brat because she's like 10 or 11 right but in this movie she's played by um the chick from from um, Midsummer. Uh, she's like Pugh. twenty. She she must be like twenty three. Yeah, she's like twenty three, twenty four. Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh. 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 Um, and now watching a grown ass adult um steal her older sister's um like manuscript essentially mm-hmm. like the story of her older sister mm-hmm. and burning it. I know. I'm wild. like, this is this is not okay. And when you see the little girl do it, you're like, okay, this is some petulant like immature. But you, yeah, watching a grown up so do that, different. like that's really evil. Like, what are you even doing? And then the reaction is better. Like the reaction to it of like even like even with it, like I'm gonna kill you. I hate you. I'm like mm-hmm. coming after her is so different than what they did in this one. And then like every like oh like the whole thing, it was bad. It was not but well it, done. It, it, I'm I have sorry, to. I have good. to say that I saw it's first of all. It's as good in quality and acting and all of that sort of stuff as the other one is. No, it's not. It is. Um, you're wrong. Do you? I've you now seen looking. them both. You remember you, but I pointed out point to you, and you're like you didn't even notice it. Where there, so this moment where the foreigner guy, I forget his name, the the professor guy, is telling her he doesn't like her work. Right. So they're mm-hmm. in New York. He's telling mm-hmm. Joe, "Your writing's not that good," and I'm giving you some actual constructive criticism here. And, like, that's a big moment because she's never had that really mm-hmm. – she, she hasn't ever had that. The scene that it's happening in, in half of it, it's over the shoulder and he's holding a book. And then you see from her point of view and he's holding a newspaper article. Like, they don't even have – like, it's sloppy. Sometimes the table has books on it. Sometimes the table is bare. That is poor production quality. Like, okay, be better. I be better that, if you're going to do this. Is, I, I am Greg, mad at them. I trust, I'm mad at them. I trust Greta Gerwig. I don't. Uh, I don't know. Look at that scene. He's like, it's it's a, it's an important scene, and no, they just I, cut I it. Totally we are... also didn't have the the scene with Laurie and Amy when Amy's getting taken away and he promises to kiss her before she dies. Like that is an important scene because they're going to end up together. Like these are important moments that they just didn't even have. But it's an adaptation it's of an a adaptation book that has it, yeah. that I guarantee you that that first movie. Like you're clearly very invested. And so I'm not trying to dispute what you're saying, but that book I guarantee has more in it. They decided than, not to put that part in the adaptation. Then, and it's a yes, it's an adaptation. They should have and done and that. you know what? There's quite possibly things that are important within the book that didn't make it into the nineties version that did make it into this version. And I'm okay, okay with that. And I would say I'm I I'm more objective because I didn't I don't have a connection to the book, 
or a pre-existing adaptation. And when I sit and I watch, they're from different eras. And first of all, I can definitely find, I'm definitely seeing that when you adapt something, it's, it's definitely a response to what's going on in the current society. Mm -hmm. Um, and they both seem uh, acting quality. Maybe there's some production you can pull apart, but overall it looks good. They both have great actors. And so I, I just sat through both of them, and I was like, "Well, nothing particularly interesting is happening to me." But you I appreciate. You said Beth was a throwaway. You were like, "Why does this Beth character even exist? She's just like a throwaway character. Why is she even in it? She is an important character. She matters. She's like, she is like the heart to these sisters, and you don't even get that from this this version. It's just it's, like that it's, is important it's a that they're just like she's just blah. It's a different adaptation. Yeah, it's a different adaptation. Yeah, I didn't like it. It's, it's like different interpretations of Batman. Yeah, or different exactly. Of Superman. It's like I can't get I can't get too attached to one Joker because they're going to do it different. I can't get too attached to like Michael Caine is not what is not the Alfred that I grew up with. And since when did he fight in in Burma? Is that what? Yeah. He, in, in Burma, like this is a new thing. Fair. I thought he was Fair. just a. So good point. Um, I I really really acknowledge what you're saying, and I can see given who you are also because it's very. The 90s one is very romantic. It's a very romanticized version. This one is that new Less sort of, of like grayish, bluish, gritty, like unpleasant sort of thing. It doesn't lean heavy into the romance. It does not. It, and it leads way more into the, the sisterhood. The girl power yeah. sort of. Yeah, I didn't get that either. Like no, this did, one, they I throw did. it. Yeah, all of, like okay. So Amy gets whipped by her teacher on her hand, and she runs to Laurie and his grandpa, and they're the ones who stand up for her and like help her. No, she goes the to allies. Joe, and Joe helps her. Allies is a is a concept now, but they, like uh, the way that okay, which which is the sister who's the author? Joe, who's playing her? Winona Ryder. No. Oh, uh, uh, Lady Bird. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, social, she's amazing. Social I love her. But I'm I saying her. her, but her storyline is very much like I don't need a marriage. I don't need a man to put me this yeah. or that. That was and Joe's it's also, character too. I, it, that it, was Winona Ryder too. I, she was like, I don't want to get married. But because Why do I have to go and get married? Of all the people in the film, Social Ronan is the star of it. Yes, she's coming off an Academy Award. So and she's also worked with Greta Gerwig and Lady Bird. Yep. So they're going to highlight this character. Which she's supposed and she's to also be. amazing in Hannah. I'm right. just going to throw that in. And, and but, but like I so is Winona Ryder. She's the star. Like that is who you watch. You don't even remember who some of the other characters are even played by. Like she is the star. Joe is the star. Yeah. So yeah. that's well, she's the one writing the, the the story. Right? And I also think it because of who she is at this time, this current time. I think it it colors the way they tell the story. Yeah, I think that they really chose poorly not casting. Uh, was it? Did I say Florence Pugh? Florence Pugh. Um, not casting a child for when she yeah. is a child because it confused me. Yeah, she it, looks the same. <laughs> she looks the same. Um, telling it out of order, I don't see what you get out of that. Did you enjoy Timothy Chalamet? God, that is not Laurie. That is not Laurie. So I love him. That. I love him. That's the thing. The cast in this, I love it's, it's, all of those it's, actors. It's this Batman in the other one, right? It's, it's Christian Bale. It's, it's Christian that's Bale. That's supposed to be. It's supposed to be this. No, like, it's not supposed to be anybody. It is, it's it not. Is, it's never it supposed is. to be anybody. <laughs> Your husband is correct. It's never supposed to be anybody. I mean, I'm like uh, this new bat. We keep coming back to Batman, but Robin Pattinson, he must might be Batman. You know, I, nobody was thinking that. Um, um. Heath Ledger was Joker, 
until he was Joker. Joker. I know. You guys and are so, right. You're um, right. What I liked about Tel- Timothy Chalamet, Chalamet, Chalamet. Yeah. which is the first thing I think I've really seen him in. I, I, maybe I'm wrong. Lady Bird. I didn't watch Lady Bird. Oh, okay. And um, so he is going to play Paul, Paul Moadib in the new Dune. Yes. Right? And so Shalia's complaints was, she, what did you say? He's not manly enough. He's too skinny. He's, He's too wiry. wiry. That is exactly the description of Paul Moadib in these books, right? In the Dune books. He's small for his age. He's wiry, particularly after he lives in the desert for mm-hmm. a couple of years or something like that. He's muscular, but like wiry in a way. Um, I think he might play, he might fit that character. Also, he may have gotten into specifically that shape, right? Knowing he's doing Dune and then films this movie, mm-hmm. uh, th- this version of Little Women with the physique that he is. Maybe. So I was, but I, again, having no pre existing attachment to Christian Bale as this character. When they pres- like when they let him into the gentleman's club and he has to make his case, like that scene is just it's it's a perfect scene of just showing how different it is and how much not it but did okay this there is a is, scene but, in there um, where uh, which one finally gets to go to the dance and she's hurts her she has something on her dress or something mm-hmm. she has is it torn uh, are you talking about the first. The um the engagement party that Joe and Meg go to yeah yeah um in the old one he's he's like okay well let's just dance here in this parlor so they're the main dance is happening out there and these two are just having fun dancing yeah. in the side room which is interesting because when I watched the the newer version they go dancing outside of the belt hold on she's rolling her eyes and shaking mm-hmm. her head already. It and they don't even mention way... the fact that she only knows how to lead because they practice at home and so Meg what? makes her lead. Like, that is the, funny. So, there it is. And it exists. It already exists. You're right. It already exists. Like, <laughs> um, and I so, in this one, gem. they go dancing, like, outside of the, or around the house. And, like, they're hiding between the windows. Like, they'll dance real quick and then stop between the windows. And they just look like they're having a great time. Um, I think you totally fairly, totally human nature are very attached to the way that it was done before and i have no attachment to either of them and i'm telling you there is some good stuff there's some good stuff there is some good stuff some of the stuff of um amy and laurie in paris or wherever they are when they're in europe like they get more into that that isn't in like that's really good and then also meg like meg marries a poor guy and like they don't get into that and i don't know if that's actually in the book but like they talk about that as in this one, of like have, how it turns t- out, mar- like you marry and knowing that finances are going to be tough, and turns out they are tough, and it's not. Do they hit it's not always hit the point um, in in the older one about marriage being a economic dis- or what does she call? Yeah, it? they repeat that a couple times on this one, like an an economic arrangement. Is that in the nineties? Uh, one? no, it's more like women as property. Because what, I really, I, I really appreciated Florence Pugh's character mm-hmm. in Paris in those scenes where she's. In the art, like, surrounded by all of her art. I think it was just really well done. Yeah. There are some, like, there's, there are absolutely some. And, like, those are, I can definitely point to you some great pieces of this movie. And the cast. I love all of the actors in it. Now, last question. And this is kind of for Tim. Especially since I haven't finished the 90s one. I'm halfway through. Did any of this stuff happen? Because the way that the this current one portrays it this is a book that somebody is writing 
And in mm-hmm. fact, the publisher wants them, her to change the ending so that it ends on a ha- as a happy ending. And then we see that happy ending. And this is for a person who's played by the same actress who is trying to sell this book. So I couldn't tell if this was essentially a memoir or a um, fiction. And I also really appre- appreciated the scene with the publisher and his daughters run in because he's like, uh this is not really worth publishing. And his right. daughters run in because they've been reading the manuscript and they're yeah. like, what happens to the little women? I have to know. I have to. And yeah. that's what convinces him that it's worth. And then she is a, a hard enough negotiator to know that she wants to keep the copyright. Right. Um, which mm-hmm. is like this a whole thing, thing in music now. Right. Yeah, people yeah, being sure. able to, 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 own to, to own their own thing. And she's like that. He explains what it is, kind of like thinking like as a woman, maybe she's not um, sophisticated enough to understand. And she's like, wait a second. That sounds really valuable. That sounds like something I would want to keep. Right. Right. Because he's like, any 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 derivative things made based off of these characters and this and this and this. But I'm just going to pay you a few thousand dollars extra up, right, front, up front or a hundred dollars or whatever the money is. It's like Mace, Mace getting 20K from Puffy for all of his publishing. Yeah. It's worth millions of dollars now. You <laughs> know so I think as far as I think pushing forward women's issues and like, and I'll have more to say after I finish the second half of the nineties one. I think this one does a lot for going that way. So it is inspired by Louisa May Alcott is the author mm-hmm. and it's inspired by her life. So who is sitting and who is sitting and negotiating with the publisher? She is because she, she kept the rights. She was like, I'll keep the rights to my thing. Is that a character? Yes. That's Louisa May. That's the author. So. In that scene, it's not... It's almost like an autobiography. It's not one of the sisters that you've seen this story. It's Joe. Louisa May Alcott is This is why I was asking Tim. Do you understand what I'm trying to figure out here? Of what story we're watching? Because she changes the end of the story so that they get get married. Right. But the, the character whose end that she's changing is played by the same actress. Yes. So did she get married to that guy? In real life? No. In her version of real life? No. So... She is playing a character in a fiction, for the whole movie I've been watching, fictional, up until the scenes that are about publishing the book. Except for she then publishes the book and has money to go and open a school. Well, she also has the place to open the school because of Aunt March. Who is is or is not a real person. And when she opens the school, it's all of the people from the book. Yeah, I don't know. I think the editing of that movie really suffered for not at least going linearly. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the the, the non-linear stuff, if you don't know the story, it's hard to follow, especially with Florence Pugh not aging. Uh, sure. <laughs> um, Ken, I don't have the answer to you. I've, it's something that I've been meaning to like really look up and understand. Maybe you can Wikipedia it? Oh, I'm gonna. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about our topic for the week. So, 1989, all dogs go to heaven. All dogs go to heaven, but only one dog ever came back. Oh, Charlie! <laughs> Takes place in New Orleans, Louisiana, in 1939. 1939. It is directed by Don Bluth. Amazing. Which is why we were watching it, right? Written yeah. by Don Bluth. Uh, Itchy is voiced by Dom DeLuise, Burt Reynolds versus Charlie. Judith Barcy is Anne Marie. She's the other reason why we're doing this. One. Yeah. Melba Moore is Whippet Angel. Charles Nelson Riley is Killer. And Carface is Vic Tabak. <clears throat> Carface. I love that he's called so Carface. Funny. I know. It's so silly. You want to tell us what this movie's about? Sure. So this movie is about 
a dog named Charlie who is killed by his business partner. And when he goes to heaven, he's he's like a good guy, but he's also um, kind of a con artist. Like, what would we say about him? He's like, he's not all good. And so he's like, he's up in heaven and he's like, I'm not, I, I don't want to be in heaven. I'm, I'm, I'm alive still. I want to be alive. So he grabs his watch that is like his lifespan, winds it back so that he can go back to life. Would you skip the, like he gets murdered? Yeah, I said that. Yeah, he, gets he gets murdered by his his partner, so he can go back to life. And he gets murdered because he wants to go off on his own. No, his partner no, wants him to go. No, off. no. his partner. Yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah. He wants his share, fifty fifty of the criminal empires that has flourished, continued to flourish after he was sent to quote-unquote prison okay yeah so it actually starts with him breaking out of prison his friend itchy came and helped him break out of prison which was actually the pound um the city pound in in new orleans um so yeah he returns the partner has been doing really well it's carface and charlie's but the charlie's is a crossed off in all of the signs and he's doing really well doesn't want to start sharing again with his former partner Later, we find out that he, like his secret to success, and he really doesn't need his former partner anymore because um, Charlie was the brains of the operation. Um, so yeah, so they kill him, and he comes back because he cheats heaven. Um, and the idea is though that he's he's been told by the angel that if he like by doing that he can never come back to heaven, like he's lost his opportunity. Right. And this is when he gets there, it's explained that all dogs go to heaven. So like, unlike humans and others who may uh, die and you wonder whether they're going to be able to go to heaven or not, dogs, all dogs get to go to heaven because all dogs are innately good. Including Carface. Including Carface. All mm-hmm. dogs are innately good. Um, unless you try to <laughs> swindle your way out of heaven like Charlie did. In that situation, you don't get to come back, um, which means you're going to end up in hell. So, uh, Charlie goes back to life, gets back to life, um, and finds out that his partner has been doing so well in business because he's found a little orphan girl named Anna Marie who can speak to to animals. animals. Mm -hmm. He, as a dog in a criminal enterprise, has imprisoned a human child. Yes. A really nice human child who's just kind of girl. like, can I she's, go outside now? She's an orphan. She doesn't have any parents. Yeah, she like she's not the type to kind of go against people and rules. Um, so yeah, so she talks to animals, and so like the rat races, he knows who's going to win because she talks to the rats, and they tell him, oh well, so and so has a hurt foot, and so and so is doing this and that, and like they just they know, you know, who's gonna who's gonna do well, who's not gonna do right. well in the race. She talks to the horses, and they win. I, I totally I totally forgot about that aspect of it. it was like, oh, they were stealing money for horse races. Mm-hmm. Yep, and so uh, so Charlie finds out that this is what's going on, and decides to <laughs> kidnap the girl who's been kidnapped by his partner, and. He ends up being like, actually, he's rescuing her. So rescues Anna Marie, um, takes her to live in his car with her, which is kind of great, right? Because she was in this like inside and she's like, can I Mm -hmm. see outside today? And now she gets to sleep outside under the stars with her dog, Charlie, who is really grossed out by her kissing him, um, which is funny because Kendon doesn't like like wet dog nose. Um, mm, I understand and, that. And she was just like, can I have Hold a kiss, on. please? Yeah, funny. You couldn't find that part funny. Anyway, so they decide to use her skills to their advantage and get some money. Um, so they go to the horse races. And the deal is she's going to help them and they are going to help her. So the way they're going to help her is that she wants a family because she's an orphan. They're going to help her find parents. So they go to the, do- the horse races. They see a couple um, who is very nice and interested in Anna Marie. Um 
and like very yeah very nice uh itchy is his sidekick and um plays they have like different uh bits that they do and mm-hmm. the one that they choose is basically he's a lame dog he's he's hurt and so he gets their attention a question for you because you have legal experience with this she's not in a foster care system how easy is it to adopt a child that shows up out of nowhere is not has no like documentation um, so this is 1939 yes. in New Orleans, very different. New Orleans has common law, like the laws in New Orleans are very different than mm-hmm. they would be in Washington. So I can only tell you what I would think based on what I've experienced, which is very different. But if you have like first step, they take the kid in, right? Like they, they gave her breakfast when she showed up at their house that one day and like she ends up sleeping in their house mm-hmm. that night. Like she has some familiarity with them. Right. Like most of the time when CPS gets involved, they're going to have you stay with somebody who can pass a background check um, and who you have some familiarity with, who you're comfortable around and if they're willing to keep you. So I think there's extreme likelihood that if they were willing to do that, she could stay there with them um, and then they would be her placement. And if they didn't have, if she didn't have somebody like that, mm-hmm. she would be in foster care. But if you have somebody who's willing to do it, you don't have to be a foster parent. You can, if if the kid has a relationship with you, they can stay with you if you can pass a background check. Is there a term for a child like that who may not even know her last name? Jane Doe? Or actually, no, last, like a legal, last like, name unknown, LNU, is what it would say in a, like on a pleading. Because like, you, be you like, have no- Anna Marie LNU. And sometimes they will pronounce it Lanu if they don't quite understand why it says LNU. So, yeah, so this couple is um, interested in what's wrong with Itchy because he's pretending to be hurt. And mm-hmm. then Anne Marie comes over not understanding what's going on. And she's like, Itchy, what's wrong with you? And mm-hmm. so <laughs> she's playing along honestly. And while they're focused on the two of them, um, Charlie is stealing the guy's wallet. And that's how they get money to make bets on the horses. So yes. the horses. She talks to the horses, and the horses say that, in fact, yeah, they let this, (laughs) the horse that's going to win is this one horse that has, like, flies around it and, like, doesn't look like it's really going to win. And I think the bets, the odds are, like, a thousand to one that he would win, but it turns out it's his birthday, and they're, it's a surprise, and they're planning to let him win. Is it a surprise to him, too? Yeah, Mm -hmm. they're sort of like, don't tell him. He doesn't know. Yeah. For his birthday, he's going to win the race. So they make a bet and they win. Um, What's funny is like partially through the race, one of the runners doesn't know it's his birthday or is like not in on the plan. And she like trots up and she's like, "Um, excuse me. I don't know if you realize it's his birthday. And he's just like, oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Yeah. They're all just getting along. like. Mm -hmm. Which I love. Because they don't have money on this. They don't have money on this. Their horses, like, I can, I can totally picture that sometimes they race for the fa- sake of racing. Like, I'm, let's, like, we were talking earlier about Michael Jordan being faster than you. Like, I'm, I'm better than you. Yeah. Don't try to, but like, also, they may just get along and just be like, hey, today we're going to let so and so win because it's his birthday. It's, it's great. Anyway, so they, they make money. They, then they are betting at what turtle races and. That was funny. Turtle races, frog races, kangaroo boxing. That's it. Kangaroo boxing. What do you remember some of the other ones? I don't remember. Um, and so they make enough money. And the idea was that they had, t- Charlie had told Anna Marie that they were going to help her get, she was going to need money because she was going to need to get a nice dress because no parents were going to want to. So, so they hooked her into like, yeah. we're going to steal this money and you get a nice dress and I'm going to help you find a family. A family. Like, and this he, is the idea. Obviously, he starts the casino. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, it, it definitely also seemed said, like for a while that they weren't going to get her yeah, a dress. He, no, it also, they, they also said that they were but going to. But no, they to, immediately did. 
after I made a comment there was about a, it. It was an 80s montage. <laughs> and, yeah. and during the montage, the, she still doesn't have a dress, but then they do it without it, any real mm-hmm. prompting. Um, but they also tell her that they're going to help other people. They're right. going to help poor people. Like, um, they read that story of Robin Hood at the beginning. Mm-hmm, and exactly. Like, oh, Which just like Robin Hood. An yep. upside down copy of War and Peace. Yeah. So he's just telling the story of Robin Hood <laughs> out yeah. of a War and Peace book. Um, so. So they're making money. They end up opening a new casino with his name, which is kind of silly, I think, considering his old partner is alive. And look, mean, part of the whole gig is like, Carface doesn't know I'm alive, so she can stay with me. He's and just like totally operating safe. in the streets, like not even hiding. He looks yeah. the same. It feels like not he's changing being so, his name. I mean, if they if this was a more complex movie, he's making so much money he can hire his own protection. Yeah, maybe he's just not scared. But then he doesn't. He so does anyway, have protection. So oh, I, <laughs> fair enough, right? Like, well, no, he does. He does because remember, Itchy. Um, towards the end, is like, oh, put so and so on the door for security. I need help in here. Yeah, that's protection oh. for the casino, not for, for casino, him. Not for him. Not for their. It's a little different. He's wandering the streets of New Orleans yeah. like he's not a wanted dead man. Um. So. So. And he stole something from Carface. But not something anybody else knows about. Yeah. Carface knows. Still. Yeah. So Carface wants the girl back. Um, in the meantime, the girl, yes, gets a dress, but they also are not doing anything like affirmatively or actively to find her parents or to find a yeah. find her parents, not like the parents that existed, but like that she has them. Um, and she's frustrated because they're supposed to be helping people and they haven't been helping people. They're just making money. So he's like, okay. I'm gonna humor her. Let me get some pizza and we're gonna take it to some poor puppies. So they show up to a friend's house who's a border collie. Or is she a rough? She might be a rough collie. She looked like Lassie. Um, And give pizza to a whole bunch of puppies, which is a great scene until Kenan points out that, like, whose kids are these? Um, I was like, are are those his kids? If some of those puppies are his, that's really fucked up. Like, then they they immediately address it by calling him uncle. Sort of. But, like, if you don't know who your dad is and, like, there's random guys around, like, no, your your mom is not, your mom's not going to be okay with them. This is your dad. (laughs) He should be bringing a new pizza every day. Okay, cool. So then he's helping some kids. Um, then I immediately, because one of them looked bulldogish, so I was like, is this one of Carface's kids? I mean, they all looked like different Cuba. breeds. They were. <laughs> but the one I saw when I had that thought. One of the puppies had like the floppy ears that I love. Mac has those ears. My sister's dog. Love playing with them. Um, but then Anne Marie is frustrated because she really oh she finds the wallet. She finds the wallet. That's right. She and wallet. so that's what gets her upset. So she goes and returns the wallet to the couple, and they feed her waffles or pancakes. Waffles. I forget which ones with real butter. And she's which made so me excited. happy because I'm not oh, a pancake so guy. I know I love waffles. Yeah. So she's happy. But then Charlie talks her into coming and helping him, and so yeah. she leaves. She leaves the family. He's such a jerk. He's so. He's, I knew you wouldn't like him. It's just, like, it's really frustrating. Like, he's just like, <laughs> he's a liar. He's living like a child who's so honest and pure. Yes. He's using it for his own financial gain and doesn't care what happens to her. And yet he's a dog. And so I loved him. Mm. Like, I couldn't really be bad at him the whole time. And Wait, I was like, did, because all did dogs you go love to heaven. Carface? Yeah. Yeah. I had no problem that Carface was going to heaven. Like, yeah, of course he is. It's <laughs> like, I get, it's because he's, they're dogs. Yeah. They're animals. And of course they're going to. Somebody cuts Shalia off in traffic. She's like, that person's going to go, hell. <laughs> just um, like that something like that yeah. Kenan, yeah so uh she goes back with him Anne marie goes back with him but then uh itchy is pointing out that like you're ruining our life look like carface has come and burnt up their casino and beat itchy up because he's trying to find the girl and so charlie tells him that he's been faking it the whole time and mm-hmm. he just tells the girl what she needs and Kenan points out the fact that like 
when you're going to talk shit like that, usually you look around to see if anyone's listening. This is one of my least favorite types of scenes in all movies. Because <laughs> it, it really right is there. really an easy way to cause some drama and, and cause the lead to the climax. It's like, I was faking all along. Like, like, do you talk out loud like yeah. that? I you was know, faking I, all along. I, I could be like, you know, I've been faking all along, dude. It's yeah. like, but okay. no. No. Yeah. Declaring how Declaring it out loud. <laughs> untrustworthy you are. So she hears, she's standing right there, hears it, and is like, oh, how dare you. Also, um, so she decides to leave, and right as soon as she walks outside, Carface grabs her and kidnaps her, and so now she's kidnapped again. Um, kind of. So uh, Charlie runs after her, and they end up in the water. Um, and my favorite part starts happening. What's your favorite part? I like that alligator. Oh, yeah. The alligator fun. was probably the most fun thing happening in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Alligator was fun. <laughs> because first you're like, it, it seems all... First of all, I thought it was going to turn into like a witch doctor sort of character. Mm-hmm. Then it turns into some sort of like drag character. Did Is that... Was it... I mean, it's very New Orleans, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Got, yeah, very like, show, the, no, show. Like the bone through the nose, but then yeah. you also have like, yeah, it's Mardi Gras. We're gonna be wearing feathers and and a giant uh, clam and with a big old pearl that yeah. he's dancing on. That was all. That that yeah. all was fun to me. It was. It was fun. Um, and it, the way he wins him over is that he like howls into like when the alligator goes to eat him, he howls. Um, and he's like, oh, what a beautiful voice. And so then he's just yeah. their friend. Um, meanwhile, this little girl has been through a lot and she's getting sick. Um, and she oh, that's needs right. help. I to, she yes. is getting sick. And so that's and another. tell her that she needs like a hospital. Yeah. She needs, it's like, another like, like she needs a rest or something. She needs something. Um, what's her. The, the collie is like she might have pneumonia. Yeah. And she he needs, could, he's like, should I take her to a vet? And it's like, yeah, she needs no, she's humans. like a human doctor. Yeah. Um, and he's just like, oh, but but we just need to use her a little more. Because mm. she's my 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 tool, my golden, <laughs> my golden ticket. Yeah, um, which is funny because the, I read this book called The Big Con, and it talks about that time in our history where horse bracing betting was like the big the mm-hmm. way that you would con people. Oh all yeah, the time. yeah, absolutely. These crazy con. One of my favorite great movies too, of all time is The Sting. Yeah. And using children as a con as, as con artist is yeah. goes back. Great, oh, the, the Big Con is a great book. It's fantastic. Okay, we should try it. Is it on Audible? You think it's a yeah. It's about all okay. the history of con man. No, she said. You think it's on Audible? Yes. Okay. Cool. For sure. Okay. Well, I want to try it. Um. So she ends up in the arms of Carface and his goons. Mm. Um. But Charlie comes and saves her and risks not even just risks his life, but ends up dying for her. He, he pushes and he, her out. And he drops his watch. He drops his watch to fight. And he goes to hell. And he, yeah, because <laughs> he's not allowed to go back to heaven. Like, that's where he's going to go. And, and this includes oh. a scene in but which he doesn't actually Satan go. is hanging over a whole neighborhood for a while. Because he's... he's like, it it reminds me of Stranger Things. I was about to say. <laughs> it reminds me of the... Oh, like, is it the Demogorgon? The Demogorgon. No, yeah. no, no, no. It's a, the Mind Flayer. Yeah. Like, hanging over towards the end of the first season. Is I was like, watching is, over the town. I, I guess this is the point where I should say we needed to watch these movies, you know, before we recorded, and we were down at Shalia's sister's house with our niece, and who's four, and I was like, "All dogs go to heaven." We should watch that one with Shalia because I thought it was a completely different I movie. Said no, was you like, remember no. what was in it? I just know it's about dogs going to heaven, and like we actually, my cousin's dog, who's an amazing dog, um, died last week, and so I thought that was why I couldn't pick this one. Um, but it was just like trying to explain to her what's going on, like about the dog and like, sh- not understanding. No, no, no. She does I not mean, understand death or any of it. And so like, we'd have to be explaining all of that in the midst of trying to watch this movie. So explaining death, like she Shalia and I, I have different, she doesn't uh, get it. Tough have different like, like opinions on it. But you know, I, I, 
I defer to her on that. Like at some point, you you know you want to open that up to. But but this kid, this 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 dog was murdered in a mob head. Yeah, uh, in the mob <laughs> they got him drunk, took him and and ran him over with a car. Like there's stings going on. There's all, I was like, oh there's no, gambling. There's gambling. Well, all of this sort of thing. Place. They they framed him in some way. That's how yeah. he ended up in the pound on death row. So even if you were looking for a, like, oh, like I thought it was like some lighter version of Marley and Me. Yeah, <laughs> right. Even that's rough. <laughs> yeah, even that. But I'm but I'm an, an, yeah. So I'm watching this and I'm like, this is way too complex. There's a lot of violence. There's Lots Satan. Violence. There's a, yeah. But we're the other thing is, she's four. This movie came out in 1989. When I was six, and I know I saw this in the theater. You saw it in the theater? I saw this movie either in the theater or right when it came out on video. I was going to say, what, the thing of this movie is that it did not do well in theaters, but it did... Well, uh, box do, office? Yeah, yeah, yeah but it did So I well saw it when it was home, fresh, is the way um, I should put it. Theater, like, uh, what's it called? VHS? Yeah. And um, now, I think six was apparently fine. Shalia disagrees with... Maybe the way I was raised. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, those, every kid is different. Yeah, those things all depend on the dynamic of the household, and if you're willing to have those conversations. Sure. Yeah, and like, what, if what, you what have had those conversations, one of my other critic friends, Brian, uh, I'll never forget this. We it was his kids loved baseball at the time, so they all came to see 42. It's like, oh, it's about Jackie Robinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then after the movie, he was like, yo, I didn't realize that like, I was going to have to have a whole conversation about exactly. race and racism because that's in the movie, and you're thinking baseball and baseball history and you're not thinking well part of history is also Wait, the how, racism this, it's about the the integration of baseball yeah but you don't know what how they're gonna put it in the film but they like it's in it's, the film that's what the film's about you know what i mean it's in the and movie so now you have to talk about it and maybe- yeah you could because they could have easily sort of like glossed over it and been like people were racist to jackie or there's or there's one scene but it's it's a fabric of the film so it it led him having to have a conversation with his sons about why people are treating him that way, which so is really it's important to have, yeah. and and but it depends every, on the household and like yeah, where the kids yeah, are at. Exactly, and like I saw it also at like fresh when it was out, um, not in the theater, but I'm pretty sure at home. But like, yeah, and we were very different people. But so yeah, maybe she'll yeah. be fine when she's six. Maybe she'll be fine in a couple of weeks. Like I don't know, but we do know that we've had a couple of pets die in the last not long, like but last I'm, six I'm months, saying, and she doesn't understand. Aside from the death thing. Yeah, aside violence. from that yeah. the idea of getting somebody drunk and murdering them in a mob hit is already more than I would show a four year old but I don't know if a four year old recognizes that that's what's yeah, happening I was gonna say, that stuff is over her head probably well they show the them pushing a car at him yeah, so, but the way, I mean, like, the way I, I was watching it because I remember he gets killed and I was like well the way they edit it like and even it's just like you see the car coming and then they're in the water and yeah, this, you know it's like it. he's being like He's on the Enterprise. He's like flying through a mm-hmm. bunch of stars and he pops up at the, at the gates. Yeah. So it's, I mean, if my. Oh, he's somewhere else now. Not yeah. that, like, you're not watching him die. You're not seeing him get smacked by the car. Exactly. Yeah. I think you would. It's, I think it's not a movie for four years, as far as I can. <laughs> yeah. It depends. And this I, is again, at least PG, every kid right? is different. Yeah. Like, this, this four is, year old. I don't know. Huh. This is no way this is a G movie. This four year old yesterday was like, I really want to get married, but I don't know who I. Well, first she asked who should. Do I have any advice on who a good husband would be? At four? Um, at four. And good I was just like, well, I don't know. Somebody Gee. who likes to draw like you. Um, well, it was the 80s. 
And she started identifying like characteristics that she might like and then was like, does that person exist? And I was like, I don't know. Have you met that person yet? And she's like, she's having that conversation. She finally is like, I want to get married, but I don't know who to. So I just want to have a wedding. So we got to watch her get married in our in the living room last night. But she didn't actually have someone she was marrying. She just wanted to be the it bride. It has to be something some adults have done. Just, I'm, I'm going to get married? Yeah. <laughs> it was something you pick up on watching television. Often, yeah, and you know the concept of marriage is in every facet of our entertainment. Well, this is how we ended up. This is how we ended up on Cinderella. Like, apparently, Cinderella two is about the wedding, and Cinderella three is about something else. And so, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, My nephew apparently does not like his girlfriend right now because she's not very smart. Your nephew has a girlfriend. That is some news. Uh, I laughed. I was like, "Well, at least he knows he needs someone who's smart." Yeah, he was so annoyed with like she doesn't. She didn't know who somebody was in history, and it like aggravate him to his core and with anishalia good thing he was like how does she not know this and i was like mm, you remember that that I'm scene sorry, bro. <laughs> that's good that's good there's that's a, a storyline in, in this, this show that we were watching and with an e and t- like this kid likes another kid and they share the book frankenstein or something mm-hmm. and the girl like is picking up on all these themes and he doesn't understand any of it even though he gave her the book and he's like yeah but when the monster did this, 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 he's excited about that. And she's like, she's you're like, so you pretty, you know though. You're Frank so pretty. Frankenstein <laughs> is the doctor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even that. It's like that scene in Sopranos when, when Meadow's dating that guy. He's like terrible at Scrabble. And she realizes like, uh-huh. oh, he's a dummy. He's like playing Scrabble. And his words were like so simple. She's just like. Ooh. My favorite example is is Liz Lemon and John Hamm in mm-hmm. 30 Rock. Yeah. Where, like, everybody's just so nice. Everything in his life is so easy because he's so pretty. And she's watching and he's just like, she's like, what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, did we finish the plot? He, yeah. He yep. kills himself for her. So, he ends up getting to go to heaven. He goes to heaven. He, like, gets to, yeah. There's an exception to the rule, turns out. Yeah. So, she ends up in that nice big house. We mm-hmm. assume it's that same family, but we don't know. But she's it's, in a nice. She's there. She's, she's a nice house, and she is with her, and he's like, take care of Itchy for me. Yeah. She says she will, and it's a very sweet ending. It's a sweet ending. And it is also crazy, right, because this this movie was released posthumously. So this little girl is the same voice. The girl, the the actor um, is the same one who did Ducky in Land Before Time. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, she died before the movie was released. because she passed away? Her dad killed her. So the Jeez. dad was an alcoholic, abusive, and the mom was trying to get away. And the CPS got called and she was like, they closed the case because the mom was like, no, look, we I have this apartment that I can go to for refuge from him. I'm going to divorce him. We're going to do this. And this was in May. And he killed him on Kendon's birthday in 1988. Damn. So, like that guy, that ex footballer who like burned his family in the car and killed himself. Killed, yeah, it was a murder suicide. Killed her and the mom. I mean, didn't that happen with like Chris Benoit or one yeah, of the. Yeah, Chris Benoit did that too. So scary. DV. DV's right? rough. And, and that's what it is. And it's like, um, actually, she made a complaint and the, and the, it got closed because they didn't have any physical evidence. Yeah. Um, tough. of it, which is the scariest piece because a lot of it is not physical that you can like prove necessarily, mm. but he threatens to cut both their throats like he's been making these threats over time and like people are trying to get her to leave she's trying to figure out how to leave she's concerned about the finances and losing the house which i i mean we know people who are going through that exact thing yeah and then it escalates and maybe you get out maybe you don't and the and this little girl did not yeah. get out so it's crazy all dogs go to heaven remind me to tell you about a conversation i had after the recording okay yeah 
Um, yeah, so all dogs go to heaven. It's about a dog going to heaven, but the little girl in this, I mean, she's absolutely in heaven as well. Um, and super, super. That's sorry. super sad. Yeah. I didn't, never knew that. Yeah. Man, so this is released well, in 89. Well, this is how I picked Ameri- the movie, I think. Yeah, because she's also Ducky, and Ducky, um, Love Before Time came out in 88, so yeah. this is a year later. Um, yeah, super Man, upsetting. So much talent. Like 10 years old. Cut, yeah. Because mm-hmm. she's good in this. She is. She's yeah. really good. And she's, uh, she was actually, she was like real life actor too, not just. Because I was about to ask. Stuff. She was in like an episode of Punky Brewster is like the photo. Exactly. If you look sounds her up. exactly yeah. the sort of thing she'd be in. If you look in. her up, that's what you'll see. Um, anyway. Yeah. Super tragic. Do you guys remember Punky Brewster? Some. Yeah. I don't think I really, I, I remember like one or two, like seeing it maybe once. Yeah. I watched it a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought everyone was so cute on that show. Hmm. So there's a couple of topics I want to talk about and we're running out of time. So I'm going to mention them and then we can kind of expand upon them if we really want to um one is that this movie came out on the, literally the same day as little mermaid oh, so it's really unfortunate because it's like it's a this bad is a, timing yeah i was like this is a pretty good movie kenan you mentioned how great the animation is in it mm-hmm. and like it, it's not the best but like it's okay the music is not it, hey, the music is we were not just good like mm, you know okay if this was a disney movie the music would be very the very music memorable. would be better but like so we're thinking, like, I'm, I'm giving it a lot of, like, it's okay. And then realizing, like, it came out, like, Little Mermaid? Are yeah. you kidding me? Like, there's... there's no one didn't day. do at the oh box office. On the day? On the day, November 17th, No one didn't do at the box office. Yeah. Someone got fired for that decision. Wow. Just move it. It's so unfortunate. But, okay, so this is, like, we already said this is made by um, Bluth, right? And so we've done two others from Booth. We did um, Let Me For Time recently, and we did American Tale a while back. Um, but he actually, for a while, was working for Disney, right? So he started at Disney, went on his mission because he's Mormon, oh, yeah. came back, was working for Disney. Oh, he went on a mission. He went on his mission. He came back from Disney. He left Disney in 79. So the 80s is him like getting away from Disney because he didn't like how it was going and starting his own companies trying to produce animation and he so in the 80s his first company after leaving disney was the uh, this is all from wikipedia if you guys want to fact check it might not be a bad idea but i learned it on wikipedia he was the first where what is it called profit sharing yeah first profit sharing contract um in the animation industry so it was just very like okay we're going to move away from how we're being treated here and we're going to make our own stuff do you know what this sounds exactly like tim no what image comics yes Mm. This is this happened with yeah. the creator the creator of Spawn, Savage Dragon, Wildcats. He w- had left. Uh, did he leave DC or Marvel? He left DC. Yeah, yeah. for exactly the same sort of reason in the nineties. But check out. Okay, so check out the things that he was part of. So Sleeping Beauty, um, Sword in the Stone. What are the yeah, Robin Hood? Robin Hood and Little John running through the forest. Oodle, oodle. Like it's such like he's he was part of, while he was at Disney he was part of such classic stuff. Um and the Rescuers and Kenan kept thinking of the Rescuers because this is I New loved Orleans. that when I was a kid. Um Rescuers Down Under is more our age that we knew better, mm-hmm. but like he he got to be part of some like pretty like and, big stuff when he was still at Disney. And to be clear, he's still alive. Yes, he's still alive. And we're gonna do the secret of Nim. At some point, but we not, but a while down. Yeah, it's, we've done kind of a lot, but like he also did Rock a Doodle, which I loved that movie. Oh yeah, later. I liked that. Mm-hmm. Titan AE, Thumbelina, and Anastasia too. So he's pretty great. He's a classic. He's really. Um, he is a classic. He is a classic. Um, so that's one thing I was going to mention to you guys, and then the other thing I wanted to say is like. 
this is this is something that comes up in any of these kind of movies where you've got anthropomorphic animal characters and you're kind of doing like a a world based on those like that you know, what is it that kind of theme Idea, and so yeah. like they made a joke about like the stakes and like in this scenario, puns. it was like literal puns. Yeah, there you go. Literal stakes is what they were doing. <laughs> like, well, it started off with rat race, and rat I just, race that and just got me. I was like, it's an actual rat race. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, there were there, the stakes were actual like meat stakes, and uh, they made a joke about Lassie. I forget what it was. Yeah, but they made a Lassie joke, which I think any dog movie, any movie with dogs in it, they should be making like talking dogs. They should be right. to be making fair though jokes about Lassie or not even or to references to Lassie. But this this takes place in like 1939 or something like that. Yep, that's right. Lassie was like a 60s cartoon. Yeah, that's, that was a mistake. Or not cartoon, but a show. Yeah. yeah, that was probably a mistake. <laughs> it was for the adults, but it worked. Yeah. <laughs> it worked for me. Um, okay, what did you guys like about this movie? The alligator. Or what's your favorite thing? Yeah, you said the alligator. You were like, and also, I really like these like animal worlds where stuff is all what like different for them. Like even like the the rescuers when they're riding on the um, is it an albatross that they ride on and their seat is or where they sit in a uh, like a tuna tin mm-hmm. that's that's rolled back. The rescue rangers was absolutely my favorite like version of that. You like yeah 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 Chippendale. Rescue Chippendale's rangers? rescue yeah. rangers. Cool. What about you, Tim? Um, did you I like this movie? Girl. I did like okay. it. I did like it. There's a lot of it I didn't remember. Like I didn't remember the horse racing thing. I didn't remember the family showing up midway through the film. Mm-hmm. I thought they showed up at the end. Um, but I think I liked the girl. She was good. She was. She was really good. She was. I, I agree. Yeah. It was. Good. It's just an interesting. Like she stuck to her morals and just kind of was just like, you said you were gonna do these things and now I'm gonna leave. But then you're gonna do the right thing so i'm gonna love you and yeah, yeah. <laughs> because she wants person. to love a dog she wants to love and then she's actually wants to love a dog i don't yeah. i mean i don't want yeah. to i just do <laughs> yeah, <we'll> <laughs> it's just of course i'm gonna love you because you're a dog um yeah i agree she's my favorite part of this too um anything else you want to talk about before we rate it that's it for me you guys good mm-hmm. all right all dogs go to heaven is it a classic or are we past it oh it's definitely a classic I'm past it. I am also past it. Oh, wow. I feel like. Wow, that's two passes. I wish there wasn't any any songs. (laughs) Either if you're going to do a musical, you you really got to nail the songs. And they were like not even C-list compared to Disney songs. Uh, Literally right next door, you can be listening to Under the Sea. Yeah. So just remove the songs. (laughs) There was a couple. Like the animation is top notch. It I is great animation. That. The story was kind of fun, but something about most of it fell a bit flat for me. And I, here's the thing. I have an appreciation, especially like, you know, we've talked about this. Disney prints money, like runs the world, owns it all. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that these studios existed to be like, we are not going to only be Disney. We are going to provide other content, other options. So Tim? I hate myself for feeling that way. But Well, Tim, man. it's kind of like the 30 for 30 about the XFL. There was no, there was no competition to the NFL. None, right? And if you have, for instance, even if even if Don Bluth Studios aren't making quite as much, but the creators are making a larger share, mm-hmm. like it's Disney, more profitable for them probably in the long run. Yeah, Disney Disney has to respond. I, I would imagine had right, to respond. Them be yeah, making them as better as they need to be to to you know neutralize the competition to the degree that they need to. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and they're not all going to be hits. I think I've heard a lot of good stuff about the secret of Nim, the land for sore time. I, I'm pretty sure I rated a classic because it but, is, you know, and a lot of the other stuff he did. This one it was good. Maybe it's on the edge of, okay. I remembered liking it as a kid. Oh, an American tale. What am I talking yeah. about? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> and Fifel goes West, honestly. Oh, although- actually Fifel goes West. So American tale was a Spielberg Bluth. Com, um, partnership and Bluth did not have a connection to Five Goes West. Five Goes West came out in 2000 or ugh, in 1999, but I think we might need to fit it in one day, anyways. <laughs> I mean, we're going to make it to the 90s someday, yeah. but not today, maybe next week. 10 years after we started the podcast. Because <laughs> we're two and a half years we'll, in. We'll cover a decade in a decade. Yeah. <laughs> Are we two and a half years in? We're, I think, three. But we started in the fall. Of- we can do this math later. I don't think the podcast needs it. Yeah. Um. Sorry. Vetoing you. Mm-hmm. Jeez, Kendon. Rude. Mm-hmm. I'm offended. Throwing up the bird. You're offending me. Um, okay. So, yeah. Don't know. what. Do we know what we're talking about next? Do you guys have any suggestions? Or yeah, I have all types of ideas, but Tim, you haven't... Uh, Picked one lately. I think it's something. I'll let you guys know. Okay. I'll look at it tonight. It'll um, be a surprise. I think we might do. I'm. I'm going to invite my mom to do Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. Okay. And there's also there's a documentary called Where Are You, Mr. Watterson, which is about the creator of Calvin and Hobbes. What? Right. So sometime soon. That and we talked about that earlier. Calvin Hobbes in the box. Definitely okay. coming up at some point. Okay, but for next week, we don't know what we're going to uh, talk about. It'll be a surprise for all of us. When, Kendon, what will we be? We'll be back. Bye.